What if we all joined a Zoom one day and Andy had a fez on? <laughs> would we talk about it? I imagine I, we would. Uh, would you want us would to? Would you like a jo- assume that I joined the Shriners or something? Like that's I just I- would be like, all right. Um, <laughs> midlife crisis. <laughs> Mid? I'm glad you yeah. only think I'm midlife. Uh-oh. Mid-century crisis. <laughs> this is the thing I did it when i when i was at the airport like during this last trip because i thought it was like maybe was vaguely offensive but i, I was like is this guy is this kid a hasidic jew or is this you just have a really bad outfit on <laughs> <laughs> and i think he just had a bad outfit on because i don't think it was the right hat but he, he did have like a weird suit situation i don't think it was the right hat sure. <laughs> uh, yeah i i don't do hats like almost ever uh, I can't think, especially and especially like a like costume type hat. I don't think I can uh, imagine like ever like committing to doing that. Yeah, I'll do I'll do a baseball cap in a baseball game, but that's about it. And like even then, um, recently I'm more likely to wear sunglasses. Though that did lead sure. to because you can't bring a bag into a baseball game and I was like well I'm not gonna put my glasses in my pocket so I only brought my sunglasses and then I was just like walking home in the dark with sunglasses and it was annoying so I'll have to figure that out you I think you can bring in a clear bag which I own I'm just like I don't want to bring a clear bag into the ball game Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Kermuga. Colin Adley. Emilio Diaz. All right. Today, we're, uh, for the first time this year, talking about uh, um, uh, a project that played at this year's can. That's right. Uh, yep, we're doing... We haven't done a Top Gun episode, so... Yeah. The only other or Crimes of the Future. No, or, yeah, right. The Crimes of the Future episode is the more that, likely one that we yeah, can do. That could that <laughs> could certainly happen. Uh but yeah. Uh Irma Vep uh has been airing. The three episodes that played Can are right. now out, so we're gonna go over those. Mm-hmm. As uh, well as talk about the original film in which Yeah, we have was, all seen that based. as well. Uh and yeah, uh, but we, we've got a little bit of news. The news is slowing down. I don't know how much we're going to have until we start getting the, right. we're, uh, we're getting fall the fall TIFF fall Venice soon, announcements right, yeah. in like a month or so. Yeah. Um, but we did get, speaking of those palm festivals, apparently uh, Kira Kovalenko and Kantimir uh, Balagov will be programming a series at Telluride uh, as guest directors, uh, as dissident Russian guest directors. Um, you know, they, they've done it before. I don't know. 
was last year when Barry Jenkins was a guest director. I think that was 2020. I don't think they had a festival in 2020. Okay. Then maybe then it was uh, last year. Yeah, and like he he had been involved in the festival before. But yeah, uh, Balagov, of course, uh, Closeness, and um, uh, Beanpole is the one that people actually saw. And then Kira Kovalenko uh, had uh, Unclenching the Fist last year, which was one uncertain regard and was at TIFF and in the main slate. And then part of what this made me think was just like, oh, why hasn't that movie come out? Does it not have distribution? And that movie just, movie just has it and is sitting on it. So I don't know what's up with that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't know, Balagov taking some time off from, uh... The Last of Us. Yep, which has continued to, uh, build its, uh, festival director bona fides. Because I think he, he did the pilot, but then I think another episode. But then there's also, like, there's three Ali Abbasi episodes... Uh, who is of course this at Kansas yeah. Um <laughs> and who else? Ridiculous. I feel like I feel like there's another Oh yeah, and then uh friggin' Jasmilla Zibonic, Quo Vadis Ida herself directed an episode. Of The Last of Us TV yep. show. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're really <laughs> so of course- of course, the other episode directed by Neil Druckmann, who is just the person who made the game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're so really betting big on this show, I think. it's gonna, They're, like, wanted to yeah. be the next Game of Thrones or whatever, I think. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it is just, like, split down the middle between, like, festival directors and, I guess, guy who directed the game. And then there's four episodes that are just, like, very generic TV guy who I've never <laughs> Adam heard Adam Arkin. <laughs> Uh, I forget Nick Offerman. This is so funny. That show's not gonna be good. I don't. Yeah. Think. <laughs> I I yeah. It doesn't seem especially likely. If its ceiling is like as good as the game story is, <laughs> then uh, I don't know. <laughs> Might not be worth it. Remember how good Uncharted turned out? <laughs> Everyone was so ready for that to be a movie. Nah, they're gonna they're gonna crack it eventually. It just needs to be serialized. Yeah. Well, yeah, they need to, we'll talk about they, they, the need for serialization. They need to make eight of them. To yeah. Finally, <laughs> just like hit, hit the point where. Yeah. It, it's good. People will get Stockholm Please syndrome. Make more Naughty Dog movies. Uh, and then the only other thing that I had is that there's the uh, I think the Sean Durkin, uh, uh, Von Erich family uh, movie. Uh, was announced uh, several months ago as it's going to be his next thing. Uh, And maybe even A24 was involved at that point. But it does seem like it's actually going to happen, which is nice to see because it took him forever to make another movie after Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, uh, because it has cast uh, Zac Efron as the lead, which is also interesting just because, like, he doesn't have a lot of, like, you know, like, I have no problem with Zac Efron. I think he's good in most of the, like, comedies he's done that I've mm-hmm. seen. But, like, he just doesn't have a lot of, like, swings in his career. Yeah. He played I Ted mean, Bundy Bum- that one time. 
He did do that right. for Sundance There's Headbunny that. movie that everyone loved at Sundance and then uh-huh. hated the, <laughs> the second mm-hmm. it came out publicly. <laughs> um yeah, and then, and then got, there's, uh, like, he's in the Beach, beach Bum. He's in the yeah. Beach Bum, yeah. And he's really trying something there. Uh-huh. I don't know, I'm excited. There's that later, later movie he's in, maybe that's good. He's in the Orson Welles one, right? right? Yeah, uh-huh. I think he's me. That's yeah, right, he's, he's not Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, sure. that would be, that would be, I mean, listen, he was really young when he made Citizen Kane. Sure. Uh, yeah, but not that. I mean, young. yeah, and it's before Citizen yeah. Kane, right? That's the pitch of that movie, right? It's like his. Uh, I think so. Have you seen this? Who, who would no. ever know? You I've... might love that movie. <laughs> I, it, it does yeah, seem possible that, that I would love. Maybe that we movie, do. Yes. Maybe maybe we do me and Orson Welles next month. Uh, me and Orson Welles you and me and all, all the dying girl double feature. <laughs> Right, we did. We yeah, we just did the the the. We'll, we'll get yeah. to me and Orson Welles when we do Mectacular too. Don't worry. About hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, no yeah, news? I guess the other oh, thing sorry. is like, I guess just briefly to end the the discussion, but it's just like I don't know if he has like Texas wrestler energy. I guess. Yeah, I mean weird. it's weird. I mean, I I was the reason I was thinking about this was just because my dad was asking about it because he's a big fan of wrestling of that era and i am like it doesn't seem obvious to him i was watching some footage of uh the dad fritz von eric because I, I my dad was asking me like who should play him and i wasn't like i wasn't there's not like an obvious i feel like there's no one who i'm like oh i didn't really think of anyone it's like we don't make guys like that anymore like my dad was saying like contemporaneously it would have been like brian dennehy uh, and it's just yeah, like, that, that that's sort of the problem. It's just like I feel like seventies wrestlers are just like very specific, like weird, yeah. like weirdly like stringy buff guys that I just don't think we make anymore. I feel yeah, like everybody's too cut these days. Yeah, I feel like the like I was kind of like, do you put J.K. Simmons in like some kind of prosthetics? I don't know if that's a good. That's like the closest I could come to. Like maybe. Uh, so I don't know. If you've got any ideas for who should play Fritz von Erich, uh, let us know. My dad is curious. Yeah. Are there, who are the big Texas, are there, I feel like all young actors are so nonspecific these days. Like, um, um, is, who is Texas? Like, Ty Sheridan's from Texas, I think. (laughs) He could be one of them, probably. I mean, there's, like, so the the story that I don't know a ton about, but if anyone doesn't know, is that this guy, uh, Fritz von Erich, which is not his real name, that's his stage name, uh, but he was a wrestler, and he had a bunch of kids, but, but then he had, like, five kids, and made them all wrestle, and only one of them lived past 30. Uh, so it, it is all, it, it's ultimately a very tragic thing that is also set in this very, like, heightened wrestling thing. Like, the actual, like, when you read the, when you hear, like, this is what the premise is, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense for a, a Sean Durkin movie. And then you're like, but also it's 80s wrestling, and it's like, that makes less sense. But. Is the Chris Hemsworth Hulk Hogan movie still happening? Can't I feel like be. I... I guess he, that was with Netflix, right? Because, like... Netflix movies you'll just like won't hear about, and then they're coming out in two months or whatever. Right. 
and like yeah, I, it's I think a, did it. They he just had one a, come out with them that I think they're probably happy with how it's done, right? So like, right. It's just a question of like, did it ever shoot? Which maybe IMDb knows, right? Okay, so uh, as of a couple of days ago, it said somebody said Hemsworth. I think said it's a while away. Okay, okay so yeah, yeah. Speaking of movies that I recently, it's a while away, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's audio from <laughs> the interview. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> speaking just of movies that I was like, did that get shot? That I'm not that I'm not clear on is, uh, just because I was thinking about this earlier today and it's interesting, is that, like, I don't think we ever mentioned this, but, like, early in the pandemic, so early when we were doing this podcast, the Zellner brothers, who are, like, they did Kumiko the, the Treasure Hunter, Hunter, and then they Damsel. did Damsel, which was, uh, Robert Pattinson and Mia Wazikowska, they announced that they were doing a sci-fi movie, uh, about a group of aliens sent on a mission to conquer Earth that has a truly... It's like an insane... Now that I'm thinking about it, we might have mentioned this just because this cast is so ridiculous. And I am trying... I was trying to figure out, like, did it ever shoot? Because, like, it's something that, because they just, like, work low-key, maybe could have happened. But also we maybe should have would have seen it by now. But the cast on this movie is... which. I would love to have gotten made because it sounds fascinating is uh, Andrea Riseborough, John Hamm, Nicholas Holt, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Mackenzie Davis, Sophia Butella, Stephen Young. Wow. So this is maybe this will. Yeah, Alpha Gang. Right now on IMDb, at least, they only have Davis, Butella, and Nicholas Holt. I, right. I was on the IMDb page and it, it also still. It said pre-production so yeah, i don't know right, which is never that makes me think it yeah that made me think it maybe never happened but also like the fact that like when they announced it it seemed close and it was like i think maybe they announced it early pandemic and then it like got this cast sometimes last year so like it Correct. doesn't necessarily seem it. like something that would have been scuffled by pandemic but i don't know yeah, I'll, yeah. I I'm just like I wonder if this is just gonna pop up later this year at like Venice or something, and people are gonna be like, "What?" Yeah. Uh, but probably more likely that it didn't get made just based on like that's a bunch of famous people. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Do we want to get into uh, <coughs> Irma Vep? Irma Vep. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 before we were all on, I was talking about Andy of, like, it is interesting the, like, festival context of the original movie, partially just because I assumed right. it would have been in competition at Cannes, even though it was early-ish in Asayas' career, just because right. it has, like, two very famous actors in it, uh, but it was in Uncertain Regard. Yeah. Uh, which just is like, well, Eric Romare was also in a certain regard. <laughs> it just functioned very differently then. Uh, and there are, like, the, it, it's just interesting to look at, because there are, like, those that are, like, that's not what would be 
in a certain regard now, and also like a Peter Greenaway movie with Ewan McGregor from a point at which he was very established. Um, but then there is also interesting stuff of like, there's a lot of stuff that's like very classic, uh, like what on certain regard is now. Like there's uh, uh, debuts from Angelica Houston and Al Pacino as directors. There's is I Shot Andy Warhol Mary Heron's first movie, I think? Maybe. Uh, and then also uh, Lucille Hadzalilovic's first movie, who I didn't realize... I only noticed this because he was the cinematographer on this movie. I didn't realize that she is uh, married to Gaspar Noé. Wow. Uh, and, like, yeah, she is, like, writ- I think she co-wrote Enter the Void, which I maybe did know, because I have watched that movie and seen the credits. And then there also are like they, but then also I was like, oh, they have uh, debuts from who I guess are at this point like two of the biggest American filmmakers in uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, and then Matt Reeves's debut wow, played in Uncertain first? Regard, The Paul Bear, starring David right. Schwimmer and Gwyneth Paltrow. Did he not have anything between that and Cloverfield? I think he had. He, I, think, I mean, he was, like, there... basically the showrunner of Felicity, is what he basically Oh, did sure. And he kind of... wrote The Yards, or co-wrote The Yards. Yeah. Uh, but no, there's not another yeah. directorial no credit, uh, yeah. or directorial film credit. He yeah. directed, he like, other with... TV episodes. Yeah. He was just, like, a writer, yeah. Yeah he, was, yeah, he just was, like, one of J.J. Abrams' guys who worked on all yeah. the TV shows. Yeah. But I think, like, Felicity specifically, I think a lot of people are, like, he is, double, he right. is like, the it was, yeah. it was him and J.J. created that. That was their breakout show. Uh-huh. Um, That's weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So it came out 1996. It's 96. Yep. It's, it's right after Cold Water, which we previously yep. discussed. Which was yeah, also in a certain regard. Um... And it's about Maggie Chung playing herself, mm-hmm. making a film version of the Foyad uh, serial classic Les Vampires. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jean Pierre Leo is playing the director Rene Vidal, uh-huh. uh, who is making the movie. And he. Like, the, the movie is about, like, her sort of just, like, working in this like smallish film the, area yeah, where it's scene. like yeah yeah and, uh, is, do we have like a clear analog on who leo's playing i don't know that there is one necessarily because i mean like the the kind of i mean it, the the way that that film functions and we can talk more about that when we get to the tv because it uses that as like it's not clear like what's going on with leo because it the the what you mostly hear about him is that he like was a very respected director and that like the the people who talk about him mostly say that like his recent movies aren't very good yeah. and then you like see his uh what he made of the footage that he had shot before he in the film like has a nervous breakdown and yeah. leaves, and the fi- the the ninety six movie ends with this footage that he had shot, and then edited together, and like I, I assume 
I don't know what other people's reactions to it because I haven't read about the movie, but my reaction to it is like, oh, this is incredible. Uh, I mean, e- even though it's like very roughly cut together, and it kinda, is a very striking sequence. Yeah, it's a very yeah, striking. Yeah. yeah, striking sequence is maybe a better way to put it. But like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't seem like the work of like, oh, this is a guy who's like lost it and isn't interesting anymore. Yeah, I mean, Andy's disagreeing facially. Andy's disagreeing, which is... he's lost it in a certain way, clearly, from that footage, I think. It's not a guy who is... Sure, it's not a guy who is, like, no longer an interesting filmmaker. Which is what you're maybe led to believe uh, Right, I mean, well, except, like, fundamentally, like, no one else... uh, uh, Understands that to be the film that they are making in any way, shape, or form, which I think is, like... Like the what do you mean the thing that they watch is like no one thought that they were making a movie that was going to be like that. Like they thought think they were making anyone is ever clear on what the movie that they're making. Yeah, is. that seems like that'd be like the main like he. Problem I, I mean, yeah, I everybody everybody seems unclear on what. He right. Wants yeah. To do if your it. point is that like right. he the way that he communicates with his uh, with the people who are making the movie is unclear. Yes, you're absolutely correct. He, he is, uh, like, I mean, he just, like, literally cannot speak clearly is part sure. of it. Uh, uh, but, yeah. But, I, yeah, uh, I think... But, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about... I, this is why I was, like, we should just quickly get into the TV show. Yeah, I, I was about to say Because the way yeah. that it uses that footage, I think, is fascinating. Um, so, yeah. But, so, I mean, the ba- that's basically what, like, yeah, the movie that's is. that's what like, the Maggie movie Chung, is. She yeah. has, like, relationships right. with... Yeah, she has yeah. Crew with and, a crew like, member. Yeah, and yeah. like it's a, there's some stuff about her like process of her like getting into the character. There's a sequence mm-hmm. where she seems to take on the persona of the character in real life. A bit, yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh-huh. And then yeah, the and there's show. like in, oh sorry, sure. oh yeah, and I was gonna say like the other there's like a few like crew members who are like enough of a character that there's an analog in the show. The main one, I mean, like Alex disguise just playing the same character in both things even though he isn't like a super huge role in the movie yeah. and hasn't played a huge role in the He's show just yet a production either. Manager. uh yeah which i actually i was i was like i don't think <coughs> he has worked with uh since then other than that i might be yeah. wrong uh sure. but i was this is just an imdb trivia effect so take it with a grain of salt but as I was thinking about that, I happened across that at one point Irma Veth was being planned as a collaboration between Aseas, Claire Denis, and Adam Agoyan. Yeah, that movie? Was, yeah, the, the 96 yeah. movie. That's like on the that, wiki, too, with the citation listed after it. So okay, is... so maybe not. <laughs> but anyway, that would maybe explain how Tiscott got involved. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, and I'd say the, yeah. o- the other thing that maybe is worth a mention in the movie is, like, there's a lot of stuff about, like, the state of the film industry and stuff. Sure. And well, sure, yeah. I mean, oh, and yeah. I was saying that the other character who is, like, has the most analog is uh, the... Uh, the costume designer right. who's played yeah. by Natalie Richard in the movie uh, named Zoe and the costume designer is also at least a woman named Zoe in the right. show played by Jean Balibar. Uh, and, like, her, her, she, like, brings Maggie Chung to this party with, uh, that's being hosted by, uh, 
character played by Bull Ogier, who's like a Rivette actor, who uh, Richard had also worked with Rivette. Who Rivette was the only person who I was like, maybe there's some Rivette in the Laod character, but I don't know that there was ever, like... I don't know how Rivette was seen in, like, the mid-90s. I don't know that there's ever, like, uh... His movies certainly got less popular, but I don't know if there was ever, like, a, oh, this guy's kind of lost it in the way that there is with the Laod character. Uh, but yeah. then also she, like, uh, confesses to the, the Ogier character that she, uh, is, uh, interested romantically in Maggie Chung. Uh, and so that, and in that, it very much is just, like, a not, it's both unrequited and also, like, she doesn't really want to do anything about it. Uh, the Blue Ogier character kind of takes it upon herself to, uh make that more known uh but then that type yeah anyway and like i also thought it was interesting that like uh natalie richard the actress playing that character in the movie and john balabar like basically the same age uh yeah. which is interesting so she now that character is a lot older than the vikander character well yeah uh, um, and Natalie Richard is in, she is at that party they go to in the third and, episode. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and I imagine yeah. that, like Let's, there's a lot to talk about with like how yeah. they play against each other. Obviously, yes. Um, so then, just like another quick amount. Yeah, of context on the show. context for the show. It's um, eight episodes, mm-hmm. and then the original uh, Foyad serial is ten episodes. But I believe every episode of the Irma Vep show shares, shares a title, title right? with one yeah. of the uh-huh. Foyad. Um, yeah, that seems. And to be then the case so far, because I've only seen the first four of the original serial, um, mm. it is following pretty, not following closely, but like they are. They're working. Like on Andy, me. you said that like someone else was asking us like, can I watch the show? Without yeah. having seen the serial, basically. And you were like, they do show the original serial a lot. Yeah. Um, and it basically yeah. is More like than touching in the movie. On. Yeah, much more than in the movie. Um, but, uh... Right. Almost every time... Say, they, every, almost every time you see them shooting something for the update, you see the original yes. clip. Uh-huh. Someone's like, watching yeah, it. Or, yeah, yeah, it, like, show, feeds like, the side into side. it. Yeah. Uh, this is just to say that it is, like, following similar thematic... Uh, interest as the serial but um it's alicia vikander i don't know mm-hmm. her character's name her last mira name is mira harbor yeah which is the first thing that i was like it's odd that she's not playing herself in the like same Maggie way Chung that i mean it's, was, it's yeah. also but, just like people were like why is Ali- where did alicia vikander come from that yeah doing she's this? not really like uh, the actress that she's playing in the movie. Yeah, the show, it's not. I mean, like, I think Asayas, I believe, has said in interviews that, like, it's not necessarily based on Kristen Stewart, but, like, Kristen Stewart is the American actress who he knows the most. Sure. So there is, like, some sure. of her in there, it um, seems like. Uh, but, then, but, like, then people were like, I think people were like, oh, was she gonna play the character at one point? But he has said clearly that, like, it was always the candor. And they apparently met at one point when it wasn't clear if Kristen Stewart was gonna be able to fit Personal Shopper into her schedule. 
and they kind of yeah. hit it off at that point and it wanted to do something since then and um but yeah so and then in this version um you have Renee Vidal mm-hmm. being played by Vincent McKine yes from, from nonfiction, nonfiction and Eden yeah. he's in a bunch of like those he's just like a, a great yeah actor. he's in all those Emmanuel Moret movies that yeah. I keep meaning to watch <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, he plays... he's, he's really good in nonfiction, and I like Yeah, him. I think he's great in this. Oh, also. yeah, I love him um, in this, yeah. too. But I mean, he, he is he's playing, playing Asayas yes, almost. He is a explicit. much clearer Asayas analog. Yeah. <laughs> which, by the third, especially. By the third episode, they make it very explicit. Yes, yeah. In yes. The, which um, is interesting because I feel like. I mean, I agree. Like, I, like, I was already before the third episode getting the vibe of like oh this is a lot closer to Asayas but I also was like oh this is also I feel like a more kind of uh ridiculous character than the Laod character is yeah I mean but I mean so then the interesting thing there obviously is like same character name different portrayal like obviously like Uh and then in the third episode they reveal or not reveal, it's just, like, yeah, it's talk finally, about. Yeah, when he's in this therapy session. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, and then this is also crazy, because then it's, like, he made Irma Vep in 96 or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think and, they say a year, just based on but yeah, the time he had made being it a past. little younger than Asayas. I don't know if that's um, how it's supposed to line up. But, yeah. But then, and they, like, show... Well, no, he had, he had made Lev Ampere. He hadn't made Irma Vep, the show. Or the no, movie. he made Irma Vep, the made, movie. Yeah, he made. I mean, what we well, when I thought he the, is, the, so when the therapist is, is like, you've already made Lev Empire in as like, and he's like, yeah, that they, was like a they, student they, film they call it Irma Vep though. I okay. think yeah, yeah. But, and the foot and as think, he is talking about having made that, we are seeing that footage that the Leod character. So uh, as as uh the McKine <laughs> character is kind of talking with his therapist about this film that he made, we are seeing the footage from the end of the 96 Asayas movie. They were also, to the actress, is having a different name than Maggie. Right, yeah. Her name is Jade Jade Lee, Lee. right? But he's, like, very clearly, like, talking to this therapist about Asayas' relationship with Maggie Chung. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But also, it's like, I guess to just clarify, I guess I'm being... I guess it's up to interpretation, but I think like mm-hmm. I think you're supposed to understand that he made an adaptation of Lay Vampire. So he did not make the Irma Vep as the movie that we know exists yes. in real life. Yes. I don't yeah. he did not make I, that yes, like, self referential. Yeah, thing. he made like a more indie version of Lay Vampire that is more in line with the movie that is being made in the in Asayas's original movie. Yes. yes. Um, but then uh, also be- developed a relationship with a Chinese actress who was the star of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> in right. the same exact way that Asayas yeah. did. With and then they were together yeah. for like five years, and she left him. Um, but then I mean, the show is like th- the other main difference. I don't know if I said this already. Is that they're adapting the serial as a TV show yeah. instead of a movie. Um, and then uh the the rest of the show is just like you obviously have a lot more room to sort of play than you do in like the 90 minute movie where it's like a right. lot of um 
Vikander and like her assistant, which isn't a character mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. And like um, more and like her former the, lovers. Yeah, and more of the actors are also characters. Vincent Lacoste yeah. is one of the actors, and then in the Lars Eidinger. Yeah, Lars Eidinger shows Who's up. Who's very in funny. Also. Yeah, he is great. I mean, he's the he's yeah. I don't. I did not know I liked the show until he started really yes. going in, and then yes. I was yes. like, this show is good, actually. Yeah. Well, so absolutely. yeah, this is. Um. Uh, is there any other like? basic context there's so much to talk about I think. there's a lot and we already right, are like bounce, bouncing around yeah, yeah we're I'm already sure. going through a lot of stuff i have maybe a first question that relates to some of what we've already talked about yeah i mean but if anyone it. else has okay if we'll right. discover I, that right so i mean yeah i guess the other the other like there's a lot of stuff about vikander's relationships and like you meet her like ex right and, yeah yeah and, like, right and yeah like i yeah like a she is and... an explicitly queer character in this yes. movie making those sort of relationships that like clearly the the balabar character right. is interested in uh something that more might come up but then there's also right. like there's a bunch of rumors yeah. about is she sleeping with her new assistant and it's like not clear if like maybe that is whether or not that's something that that assistant is interested in or not um right but yeah so my question was gonna be like i i think like it sounds like so we were talking about this footage from the end of the 96 movie and i think we can it sounds like we could at the very least all agree that it like is interesting and there is something to it the the yeah. movie that Vincent or the TV show that Vincent McKind's character is making is just bad, right? I think um, so. I mean it's very funny. It is yeah, funny. Uh, every yeah, time funny. they show a it's clip just, from it, it's yeah. like it's like um, it, yeah, it is effectively deployed on the show as like yeah. a yeah. very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. I yeah. think yeah, I and like I'm his character saying, is I, just I think, super funny. Also, right? I'm saying I think it's to supposed to be bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think which um, is just I funny think, like, given that he's who's the who's is, the main who's the main actor who's like that guy who keeps talking that what's the actor Vincent name? Lacoste. Oh, who's playing the detective. Yeah, Vincent. Vincent oh yeah. Who is uh, in like? Giving, uh, I think he's giving a very good performance of bad acting when that. Sure. When that right. Goes. Yeah. I and mean, then in the third episode, his interview is so funny too when he's yeah. being interviewed by like that magazine about like. I mean, there's the clip stuff, of yeah. the. The no, show. I mean, the or, yeah, no, Eidinger is the one who's being interviewed. Oh, sure. The Lars Eidinger is the German guy, and Vincent Lacoste is the French guy who, like, yeah, in the first, who, like, keeps trying to make keeps suggestions. Like, demanding about, new scenes. Yeah, yes, the new whole, scenes yeah and, like, yeah. is, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. His, yes, I, the, yes. I, I agree that, like, his his uh his character does not seem to be a good actor i actually think that Otto van shack the the lars eidinger character is like giving it's he is like giving kind of an interesting performance i'm not convinced that he's good but it's not um, as clearly bad as uh i think Lacoste's character that is like an interesting thing about that character is that on the sh- in the Le Vampire remake in Irma Vep 2022. He <laughs> is, I think, the best performance there as well. Yes. Um, yes, I agree. Where he has the big beard and yeah. he's like locked in. Um, right, the there beard is, the is bit, like when he's in disguise. Yeah. Uh, there is the yeah. bit where uh, Vincent Lacoste is like 
dual wielding pistols <laughs> and like shooting at uh, yeah, that's really you know Irmavep, and it's like this is so right. Like yeah, boldly, that, like satiric, like right. very, and, like yeah. brash, <laughs> and like any, because like the 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 movie that Leo's character is making in the '96 movie is also a silent movie. The yeah. thing that the series that Lacan's Le- uh, yeah. character is making is not no, <laughs> and it shows what someone, a mistake that yeah, is. Yeah, anytime <laughs> someone talks, it's like no, because they're like it's just ridiculous that they're like very faithfully remaking like scene by scene and like right. McKine keeps talking about like no 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 we need to be faithful to Feyod but it's like all of the dialogue is just so bad and it makes yeah. no sense and it's shot talking. in like you know it's shot in like scope and like has is like super grainy and like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like, like true blood it's like <laughs> yeah, a really looks, like yeah, yeah pretentious look arty like, look um, yeah because yeah in like the first episode i was saying like oh the the compression algorithm is like really not kind to this uh this show within a show and it's like that is true but it also doesn't matter because it's just so yeah. bad yeah. Uh, that, like, um, in some ways, it is funny that this character is making something for TV that is not going to stand up to a compression algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the show has two credited uh, cinematographers. I do wonder if one person shot oh, interesting. the, like, vampire stuff and one person shot Maybe. Like, the normal stuff. It's like Yorick LaSalle and then oh, somebody yeah. else. Oh, yeah. 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 Um... Also, to clarify something from way earlier, Alex Dekai is in two other Asayas movies. He's in late okay. August, early September, and he is in Boarding Gate. Okay. So yeah. um, I do... So I listened to rival podcast <laughs> film comment <laughs> as every podcast that is not ours is a rival podcast. Um, but you never bring they, that up when we have a guest who's on another podcast. That their well, podcast no, Andy. That'd be us. poor form. Um, but uh, they Colin had, uh, stab you in the back, not the front. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had um Adam Naiman and Beatrice Loyza talking about um the show and the original serial and the film as well. Uh, and they had four episodes, which I think uh, that's like that's critic what screeners most have been critics, for. Yeah, um, that's yeah. Which is and, interesting because uh, it was the three that they showed it can, and I feel like what people, I feel like what I had generally been hearing people say is that both the third and the fourth episodes like break it open. Well, yeah, that so yeah, um, but then there's a thing that Naaman said on it, um, where he was like, the original Asayas film, uh, operates as like this state of the union on sure. filmmaking. And then, like, you look at this, and it, like, he does that a lot, I think, like, Clouds of Sils Maria. Like, mm-hmm. in Irma Vep, the show, there are a ton of echoes of Clouds of Sils Maria mm-hmm. and nonfiction. And I think both of those movies, and, like, maybe others, I have not seen a lot of Asayas. Um, but, mm-hmm. like, he, especially in this later era of his career, is... Um, sure. Like very yeah. obsessed with like these conversations of like superhero movies versus real movies, yeah. and then you get uh, a bit yeah. of that even um, in the original movie where there's mm-hmm. the bit where Maggie Chung is being interviewed right. by the guys 
who are like, you don't know John Woo, you don't like John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. And I right. feel like, like this is the well, real I feel like costume designer also talk a lot about Catwoman yeah. and Batman Returns. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I will maybe I don't know what name is playing. I will say vis a vis that that like this feels like the work of a guy who knows that a lot of the like commentary on Hollywood blockbusters in Clouds of Sils Maria is kind of silly. Well, but I mean, this is the the question that I have the most is like how I do trust Asayas because like he has made things that do wrestle with like modern art, uh, like modern film in a specific way that mm-hmm. I think is interesting. Um, but then there are other moments in the show that like really fall flat to where I'm like, I am trying to find his line of. Like, I guess, like, satire right. versus, so, I mean, like, I'll uh, say ignorance, almost. <laughs> like To first clarify what I just said, I would say that, like, uh, I think, I think, some, I, you know, I love Claude Zasil's Maria, but I think that that movie, some, we, and we talked about it on uh, Exiting Through the 2010's Arrival right, podcast yeah. uh, a few months ago, uh... <laughs> Uh, but I think that sometimes that movie is working despite the kind of, like, simplicity of, like, what he's saying about, like, Hollywood filmmaking in a way that, like, he maybe see in, in a way that, like, this makes me even think, like, maybe he was self-aware of how that silly that was then. I don't know. He's, like, sure. doing that now, but seems more clearly aware that it's silly. And then, like, the other thing is, I do think that, and, like, it also just, like, it feels very self-critical. Like, I don't know, like, people have picked up him and, like, McKine, like, he gives the, like, uh, very classic, like, oh, no, I'm not making a, a TV show, I'm making a very long movie. And it seems very clear to me that, like, that when McKine is saying that, that it is in a... It's not, like, necessarily cogent satire, because he just, like, no, he's yeah. doing it, but it seems clear that, like, that's not what Aseas thinks. Which right. is, yeah. Even though it's interesting that he's having his surrogate say that. But then, like, I think there is, like, a much more interesting conversation along those lines when they go to that party that the, uh, the Natalie Richard character is hosting that, like, that I think partially works just because, like, in that conversation, he seems less interested in, like, finding answers, and there right. are more just, like, characters kind of raising interesting, nuanced points that, like, I don't know that any of those characters have a good answer because there isn't a good answer, but it very much seems like he's, like, recognizing that, like, there is a lot of nuance to that discussion and the the way in which people like the McKind character talk about it is not interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Clouds of Sills Maria, the stuff where it is, like, when Benoist and Stewart go see, like, the 3D Chloe Grace Moretz movie, right. and then there's, like, the big scene afterwards where they're talking about it, um, works. Uh, yeah, I have watched that recently, more mm-hmm. so than nonfiction. It's been a long time since yeah. I've seen um, that and like nonfiction, obviously, is like wrestling with like a lot of stuff uh, along those lines, right? And uh, even more like uh, interpersonal of him, yeah, and his uh, <laughs> partnership with uh, 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 me, Hanson Love, I think, mm-hmm. 
and in um like in in that interview scene from the original Irma Vip where the guys are like pushing against like you think Rene Vidal's good like he makes these boring <laughs> right, like, yeah. basic French movies and like American like action cinemas where it's at John Woo like Hong Kong mm-hmm. cinema like all this stuff and then like you have uh, and then they mentioned this on that uh, film comment podcast and y- you can find it elsewhere also where Asayas like when he was younger and like writing for Kaye was like a champion of like Schwarzenegger and Stallone sure. he loves sure. um, and then you have like the sort of mockery of modern blockbuster in Clouds of Sils Maria and then even in this but I feel like the pendulum is almost swung in the direction of like maybe it's like a necessary evil or not so bad um, yeah it's interesting I mean the movie they talk about like was it, is it called Gorgon or is that just one of the characters in it no um, there's uh, there's the movie Gorgon right that which is the um, character that Alicia Vikander has like made is, has been oh, promoting yeah. Yeah, uh, no, no, well, that was Doomsday. Doomsday. Doomsday that's yeah, what that's called. Gorgon was a different Doomsday. one. Yeah, yeah. Gorgon. Yeah, right. And Doomsday, There's like a lot of like fake ass. Because then she's also bad. like, I'm gonna be yeah. the Silver Surfer's girlfriend or whatever. Right. Then that's <laughs> right. the other yeah. pitch oh, is that who will who will replace the Silver Surfer? But like Doomsday, the way the the scenes they describe in Doomsday. Like they're well, like they, in they it, she like cuts off, off his balls and like, yeah. Like, right. yeah. and like that's not happening in any superhero movie that I'm. Well, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> um, so like it is interesting. Like it sounds like it. it I don't know. It, it's, it's depicting those movies as certainly more something than like they yeah. actually are. Because um, I mean, you could draw the clear line in Clouds of Sils Maria that Moretz is basically playing. Kristen Stewart like it's not mm-hmm. like one to one but there is like yeah. uh somewhat like I mean Stewart wasn't very like tabloid fodder for like not controversy really there was um, the, yeah. it was more it was just, like her relationship not. not like yeah it was just yeah. yes relationships um but there is like so the sort of like, young thrust into a like mega franchise like actress with all the lights on you or whatever that Moretz has and it does, like, make me wonder who the Vikander character is supposed to be. Not that there has to be any one person that it has to be. But it, like, yeah. very much isn't Alicia Vikander, which I is I mean, I think it's closer to, like, <coughs> Stuart directly post-Twilight. Or, like, sure, Stuart sure. in around when she did Clouds of Sils Maria. Like, someone who is, like done these like stupid movies who doesn't have a ton of respect yeah, that's like who is Snow interested in yeah, 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 right exactly American yeah. ultra period yeah <laughs> and who is interested in doing uh more like more art, artful stuff artful, yeah, yeah yeah artful independent stuff yeah I mean because Vikander her breakout is what ex machina yeah, basically. She's in something before that. She's um, in uh, Anna Karenina. She's right. in Anna Karenina, yeah. and she's incredible. But yeah, but like by like... the time Ex Machina comes out, I think Danish Girl has probably shot. So it happened pretty quickly. Cause she yeah, because Ex Machina wins like, an Oscar for that. Didn't come out really till 2015. Yeah. And then it's like that Danish Girl, Man from Uncle, all the same year. Yeah. And then the big follow-ups are like, she's in burnt also in 2015 
She's in the right. Jason Bourne, the the oh, one where yeah. Damon's back. Yeah, Jason Bourne and, is like that was the big Oscar follow up. Yeah, and then it's like Light Between Oceans, which is nothing really. Yeah. Uh, Tulip Fever, which is less than nothing. Famously, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A debacle. Um, yeah, and then like literally nothing I've ever heard of until 2018, where she has Tomb Raider. Right, which is her biggest blockbustery thing. Yeah, right. does well enough to for them to greenlight a sequel, which probably will never happen. Yeah, um, or at least won't happen with any of the people that. Right, <laughs> sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, um, and then it's like I am easy to find. Right, one which is the point the Dark in which she like finally comes to my attention because I think I like saw Ex Machina, didn't really like it, didn't really like her in it. And then just, like, wrote her off after that. And then saw easy, sure. I Am Easy to Find and was like, oh, this is... She's really interesting. And, like, yeah. It's like the Gloria's Earthquake Bird Blue by yeah. Green Knight. And then, of course, Beckett, where she's in... Yeah, she's good in Beckett. Uh, but oh, then, yeah. so, I mean, like, her career yeah. doesn't, like... Yeah. She's such an... I mean, we've talked yeah, about it before. She... Does Zac Efron know who Alicia Vikander is? <laughs> it's a famous question we ask. Um, and I, I don't... I mean, that. the answer still might be no. Uh, yeah. Certainly Disney I mean, isn't putting her she, on his radar. So she was... But she... What, isn't the, I haven't watched the clip, but wasn't there a clip that was going around uh, Twitter of, like, there is an Alicia Vikander joke in Fire Island... Is that Maybe. true? I haven't yeah. watched that I haven't yet. seen that movie. That, like, I, again, I haven't watched it, but I imagine is at her expense in some way. No! <laughs> Michael Fassbender's <laughs> gonna be so mad! Uh, I mean, I mean sure. that's, that's the other thing about her, is right. that there's sure. been that going on. In a relationship with Michael Fassbender, yeah, who's yeah. coming back. Uh, um, yeah, he is. Uh, um... Well, I mean, here, here's what yet. I want. Here's what I want to say. Yeah. We, we're having all these fu- like conversations about like the satire and the right. fundamental, and all of that stuff in the show. I hate. I think it's <laughs> bad. I think he's never been good. If, I think he's never been good at that stuff, and he always keeps throwing it in. I think this is the I, best he has done at it. I don't think it's here. Here is why I think that it's the most I tolerate it and sort of like it, because I think the sort of space the show affords to just give all the characters room to breathe. Yes. Make make it feel like, oh, this is just a bunch of annoying people having a bunch of conversations about right. all these stuff like they would normally have when they're on the this like weird downtime from like making movies yeah. and hanging right. out. And they're all like passionate people and as yeah. like, which is different for which is different for me from like other stuff of his that does this kind of stuff where everybody feels like just talking points to have like this sort of weird argument point about right. whatever f- philosophical conversation he wants to have where in this one it, it, this it sort of feels more natural that these people would be mm-hmm. having these sorts of conversations except Mackayne who Mackayne is like unfortunately he's like I think a very good actor who only gets stuff to do that I hate in, in things <laughs> I love him so much in this I love him so he's much he's really good I love him in this <laughs> I he, think yeah, he's like good in that, it, but it's like in that first therapy. episode where I wasn't enjoying it, I was like, "But at least he's good." It's like his therapy stuff is just like such a like. Uh, I think it's really, that's it's so great. funny. Such, an, such yeah. an annoying. He's it's like he's giving a good performance in it, but that's just like not what I want to see. I guess. 
but uh, I sort when of he, like appreciate. When the, no, you don't like when the therapist keeps getting him to try to say that he say jerked that he off to Diana like Rigg, and he won't say it. That's like a good bit. Yeah, it's like so self-reflective about like it. It's just like though. I guess that's like every see everything with like a therapist in it, like going back to Sopranos, <laughs> where it, where it's just like you're just boiling down everything that is happening in the show to like a conversation that you can have right. in dialogue. But I think like other yeah. stuff does it more interestingly than this. Maybe. It, maybe I agree that it's like funny. I just I find it a little sure annoying. And I mean, I yeah, mean, he, the other that's thing... the same I feel about him and like Eden or like nonfiction. Where I'm like, he's very funny. I truly would rather just not have these kinds of characters and these sorts of things. <laughs> right. So I think he's, like, the le- least offender, like, he's the smallest offender of, like, my annoyances with nonfiction. I mean... And he's, yeah. and he's just pretty good in Eden. The other the other thing that he gets to play a lot in this show, which, it, which I really, like, love and respond to, is just, like, how, like, he's totally self-absorbed and, like, but unable to communicate anything with anyone around him, like, which is, like, the basic job of the director. And mm-hmm. he's, like, always, like has complete disregard for, like, the safety and well-being of the actors. Like, anytime yeah. anyone's, like, expressing, like, I'm not comfortable with this or whatever, he's like, no, but we need to do it this way so it looks good on camera or whatever. Like, you need to do the unsafe yeah. thing. Like, and, like, I, just, like, and and while at the same time he's not able to effectively communicate to anyone, like, what he, his vision is and what their, what, like, what yeah. their role in it is or anything. Like, it's just, he's just so bad at his job. It just, I think it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it's like the part of the show that is just Alicia Vikander and her relationships and Lars Eidinger and whatever weird shit he's doing. <laughs> that's the part of the show where I'm like, this is great. I'd watch right. 35 episodes of this. Just like um, him, get, him giving bad quotes in interviews. Um, yeah. Just being like sort of chill. I sort of appreciate how chill she is. Yeah. Like a very interesting center for a show. I think like Maggie Chung so, sort of has like a similar energy, but she's sort of more like babe in the woods like whirlwind about this entire like production process in france where it's like alicia vikander is more like i guess this is the job now well, yeah i'm like struggling a bit but it's like we're just doing this but then, like she's yeah. low energy and i think yeah and she also like is way. a little more familiar with it like she has worked with the lars eidinger character before yeah right uh who it is the the introduction of his character is he gets off this uh train and he's like oh, i came from this uh film festival in northern jury. finland where i knew one of the programmers and i was on the jury uh and then and his then suitcase they, falls open <laughs> right his suitcase falls open and then he's, and, he, and then I, I think he named he, he just says aki but i think you're supposed to believe he's talking about aki kurismaki oh maybe i don't know um, does aki kurismaki and, right. have a film festival well, I, it, it could just be a common name. I guess it could yeah. be a common name. Yeah. And then yeah. he, he name drops it so, like, chilly that I'm like, I, that Maybe. It seems like it would have to be somebody right. where you could just say their first name and you'd be like, oh, that's the person, yeah. And then Maybe. he immediately asks the PA but yeah, who's he, been assigned to meet him to yeah. go get him crack. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, I, I thought I saw customs agents that turned out to just be, uh soldiers on leave but I, I i flush my crack down the toilet and i can't act without it i need more yeah i do think um eidinger is good i also don't know if i like the satire stuff that much in this compared to his other stuff hmm. but i also don't really like the relationship stuff with vikander's like 
former lovers and um obviously I've only seen three episodes so they could it could expand on everything more but the sort of slight hints at her assistant uh being in love I'm, with her is sort of yeah I'm like curious about where that's going because like it seems right now like it's like setting up this love triangle between her and the Jean Balibar character that's interesting I read and, it I've I've read it compl- I mean it like it like it seems like it's gesturing at that in a way that makes me think it's not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, but That's then also to me, it reads like the assistant is absolutely not in love with her. This that is like might also be true. That she's playing like that's what I say that I like about how chill it 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 is because it's like I feel like most things that try to be like about this commentary about like Hollywood and fame, it's just like somebody being like taken apart and destroyed. And I sort of appreciate how the Vikander character is just like. It's a living. I mean, that's part of the business. That's yes, like uh, my like, like I do. I find it annoying. Sure, but I'll, yeah, I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily chair. clear on where they're going with the assistant character. Right. But it, what I expect to happen is that the the possibility of there being some sort of relationship between the two of them is going to be like broached and then diffused very quickly. And it's well, and it's because uh, like no matter one, whether, one of the I things know, that's on this part. One of the most interesting things with the assistant, I think, is like they like in episode two they have to downgrade Alicia Vikander to a small to a slightly right. worse hotel because they can't afford it, and like the assistant's like this suite's not gonna cut it. She's gonna like flip out when she sees it, and like I don't really believe that the Alicia Vikander character that we've seen so far would do that about like a slightly smaller suite or whatever. And it's interesting, uh, that- right? I mean, that like feels like the cl- that like in that moment she that character feels very much like the Kristen Stewart character in uh, in Clouds of Souls Maria which which has which hasn't necessarily been the case as much in the rest of the show even though it is a similar role right well yeah I mean then it's also that almost reverse where like instead of Benoche sort of lusting a bit after Stewart in uh, Souls Maria it's reversed where the assistant is but also like Vikander is chill. That is a good way to describe it. But I truly have seen her in so little that I don't know if she is chill, like playing chill, or if she is just like boring. Because <laughs> there are also things where she's like obviously playing like a like vapid LA actress, like right. uh, where it is like not f- fully cooked, maybe. And her sort of like sleepiness <laughs> um, makes it feel like yeah. cooler because she's like yeah, dressed I don't nice. Know. I'm. I mean, my take on that would be that I don't care whether it's intentional or not. I think it is more a more yeah. interesting take on that sort of actress to be to play it chill mm-hmm. rather than to play it that rather than to like. To but do I don't know if she is like trying to play it chill. I don't right, care. but like, and I think given I mean, it, given it that it sounds works, like Asayas has known her for a while and wrote this with her in mind, I assume that is what he wanted out of that character. I mean, but whether it's where's... what she's trying to do or not, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's interesting. Like, uh, we've talked about how much I love I Am Easy to Find, and I think there are times at which I'm like watching this, I'm like. Oh yeah, the most interesting thing about Alicia Vikander is like the way she moves, which is what well, yeah, that that's takes like, advantage of. And like, there I, are times where I'm like, which is interesting because 
with the parallel of the like they're making this uh version of a silent thing that should still be silent but isn't where i'm like oh that's also maybe what she is best at but i don't know i i, I think she's doing interesting work i also think it and it's a good use a, of it, her as well i think it reads to me as an interesting performance to be it to like have it be that chill because i think i sort of know what you're saying colin where it's like sometimes it seems like in her relationship with her ex-assistant, I forget what her name is supposed to be. Uh, Lor- Lori. Lori. And with stuff like that, you sort of expect somebody to play that like it's affecting her a little bit more. But I sort of appreciate that performance of fame of just like somebody who sort of understands that they need to be bottled and that they can't make a scene at anything and that everything sort of has to bounce off their back because if they ever react to anything strongly enough people are like gonna take pictures of her people are gonna notice or like the crew are gonna gossip because mm-hmm. they established the crew is gossipy and i don't know it, it, it's just playing on a level that i register with a lot and i do think it makes the converse the scenes where they're like in conversations in a group more interesting because it's like yeah she's a, an extremely famous actress but like when they have this conversation at a party she's like not dominant at all yeah she like functions as a part of that group yeah sure i mean that's a lot to put on that i think (laughs) um but uh uh uh, i lost what i was saying earlier um i mean i also just think that because it's a tv show it's good that there is more room for it to be more of an ensemble thing and she's doing that leaving that room really well yeah i agree that um the best of her stuff is when she is like going Irma Vet mode, which is, I think, also one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. in the film where Maggie Chung like is somewhat possessed by like mm-hmm. the spirit of you know Misadora or whatever, and, and um, steals the jewels, steals the jewels yeah. and like is when she's like out on the rooftops and everything. And I feel I, I think like. Uh, the sort of hypnosis scene that like precedes that in the movie is where episode four is um, or maybe later mm. but um, mm-hmm. I, I would be excited to get more of that from Vikander because I do think she is like incredible in Anna Karenina and she's very fun in um, Man from Uncle I just I don't yeah. I, I don't fully I mean like every other aspect of the show I basically don't know where I stand on it other than, like, cautious optimism because I basically trust everyone involved but also, like, ready to drop it <laughs> because I think it's, like, uh... The the third episode ending with the sort of reveal of... Or, like, as we, like, called it, like, um... Where the... Like the new meta-level unlocked. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, right. the more it goes down those holes maybe the better but also um right and it sounds like it sounds like what what i was getting the impression from what people are saying is that like it is like it starts doing that in the third episode and it like really does it in the fourth and people are i guess assuming that maybe whatever the fourth episode starts to look like is more like oh this is what this thing seems to be though that does make me wonder if it like if it like is gonna 
be shift keep shifting stuff I mean, it's just gonna like continue to shift what right. it is every every two episodes it's like a different yeah thing. yeah yeah maybe but then also because uh, like i i don't i so this is this has been a rumor but i feel like Kristen stewart has also just like said that she plays a small role in it wow and isn't gerard carmichael supposed to be in it I feel like he was on the IMDb at one point, but I don't know. If, I don't point. know if he still is. Like, I wonder if that's if he was just gonna play that role that the uh, of the director of the uh, the movie that she's promoting. Oh, that, the Byron Bowers character. Yeah, that her yeah. ex is in. That's, Maybe I don't know. Um, Maybe, but um. The third episode also ends with this, like, very, like, similarly how, uh, like, it goes from the sort of striking imagery of what's cut together at the end of the movie to this, like, crazy shot of, like, Vikander's face in the clouds, like, looking over everyone. And they do what I do think is, like, very fun um, and to sort of, like, harken back to its, like, serial roots of, like coming mm-hmm. soon at the end of right, every week the title yeah. is like the episode, next title yeah. and it's like an interesting way to do that but the what do we think of the theme song and opening credits not enough um you know Gimon or Tomas yeah. whoever from Daft Punk uh not enough music <laughs> like I was expecting <laughs> but I do sure. think the theme song I mean, I... and opening credits are bad uh, oh I think they're fine eh. oh, yeah I think it it's like fine the, I, thought it was, I thought <laughs> it was the credits I like the song I think is bad I thought it was, like, interesting as just, like, another... Actually, there's a couple another of little connections between the show that I... I, One that I had meant to bring up a minute ago. One is, in terms of the music, I think it's fun that there is a Sonic Youth song in the original, and Thurston Moore is doing the score for this one. I also... Another thing I thought was interesting is that, that the assistant character that we were talking about that is was Vikander's assistant and is also her ex is named Lori and the character in the 96 movie who like I think is I, I don't know who she's playing but she's another actor who's playing like also a kind of femme fatale character who then when they bring in that new director to replace Leo he casts her to replace oh, Maggie Oh, she's like Chung. a stunt double, I think. I don't Maggie think she is. I got the imp- I wonder, is she that character who's in the first episode of this? Um, that is being played by the Lacoste character's ex? Anyway, that character no, is named... No, that's a different character. No, no anyway, yeah. but anyway, that character is named Laura. Sure. Sure. So that's just yeah. another... That was another thing that, that, was that I, um... I thought of when watching it and then like when thinking about it uh especially like after hearing it called or hearing the original movie called uh sort of state of the cinematic union <laughs> and like mm-hmm. thinking about how much Asayas loves doing that thing of like talking about current art and like the mm-hmm. state of everything and like this and its comments on like how Jesse was saying like directing for an overcompressed streaming site right. and like um, um i have a story there's the bit where uh the vincent lacaz character is explaining to that other actress who uh, is playing the detective's fiance in uh Le vampire where he's like 
we need to have like a sex scene to establish that we love each other and then there's like all this stuff about intimacy mm-hmm. coordinators uh-huh. and it's like uh, Asaya sort of like not like you know just like getting his thoughts out on all these like modern things that sort of uh, loom over or not loom over but just like are present now on film sets and it reminded me a lot of like oh it's interesting to hear what this specific voice has been thinking about these things in the past few years uh reminded me a lot of sharp stick (laughs) where i was like (laughs) it is like good to know what lena dunham thinks about tiktoks and like (laughs) this sort of culture uh in the same way where i'm like oh it's interesting to hear what asayas has to say and then like they also get into that very funny scene between um uh, uh, Renee Vidal, uh, Vincent McGuire, and then um, that actress, where she's like, "What's my motivation? Like, h- how? Why would I uh, right. take the ring? And like, what is all this?" And he's like, "You don't understand. Like, uh, it's just what happens in the show." Right. Well, there's, like, like, there's, the there's multiple yeah. scenes where Vincent McGuire will be yeah, like, "Well, yeah. you would understand this if you'd read the whole script." And I am like, yeah. "What actor is?" Olivier Asayas mad at for not reading his whole script. That That is, like, the thing... Like, I feel like part of why it works is that a lot of the, like, stuff he's throwing out feels less pointed of just, like, because all there's these different perspectives, it's, like, it's not as clear of, like, who is saying Asayas' point of view, who is putting out something that is, like, a... Uh, uh, just a thing that he's like, oh, this is an interesting thing for someone to say, whereas, like, that is the one thing where I'm like, this feels pointed at a specific person. Sure. But, I mean, also at the same, like, I don't know, I feel like it's... My sense is the point of view of the show is he's being far too slavish to the original and is, like, not, like, has not... Right. And it is not, like, he has not considered, like, how to make this making this make sense in the, in a current environment yes. where like with like people who have like actual acting technique that like is way different from ha- not to say that the previous yeah. acting technique was not yes. there but it was just very, have very, very different, different approach technique. to like yes. how how you perform in something today than there yeah. was in the silent film right days. yeah like, it, yeah it doesn't make any sense for his his explanation to be like well that's how they figure out thing was right so yeah. that's how this yeah. is yeah yeah totally uh, and I think that that is that element of like he is having this character who is in many ways very clearly an analog for him, certainly much more than the Leo character is, who's this elder statesman when Asayas was a younger director. Though I did think it was like then interesting to kind of see. This is something that I meant to say way earlier when we were first talking about that therapy scene. It was very interesting and I think almost kind of moving for me to see uh, Asayas through the Makine character kind of take authorship of that footage from the end of Irma Vep. Um, but anyway, what I was saying is that, like, that is what breaks open the, like, oh, this, what, that is what makes the sort, the key to what makes the the commentary on industry stuff more interesting is that he has this character who is simultaneously so much him and also so much him and so much yeah bad at his job and like the biggest idiot in the show i mean the stuff about that character i do find fascinating i think 
I think the show has an interesting take on directors. I do th- feel mm-hmm. that, like, if any, if any of the, like, commentary, satire, state of Hollywood, or, like, filmmaking thing does register with me, where the when she first, when they first talk, uh, Vikander and him, he's like, yeah, I don't really like movies anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's like, there was a time I liked them, but, like, I don't like them anymore. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. That's, like, I feel like that feels like a very, like, accurate thing that directors would feel like and the other thing is yeah when he's having that conversation about Irma that he's like yeah but that was like an indie indie days this is like an actual mm-hmm. production which mirrors mm-hmm. something that the Byron Bowers character also has like in an early conversation when he's having that conversation right. with like with his like, friend no yeah it's like the, the, the guy who's like you did that yes. old movie and I love yeah, it. Like, he's like, yeah, that like, one was a piece of shit. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we didn't have any money. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, this is your first movie that reminds me of your like early work. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking? That movie was so hard to make and it cost like $15. Like, why would you compare these things? And it's like. Yeah. That I guy just, was in um, that movie last year, A La Bordage. The. Ugh, it's like some movie that like. I think made like the Kanye's list. Oh, is it uh, the the Guillaume Brock? I'll find it. I'll find it. Yeah, I feel like that that conversation about like directing as like a, as a like yeah. comfort based. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a comfort based position for these sorts of guys, and then just being like, "Well, now we have a bigger budget, so this is an easier production." What are you talking about? Like going back to the old days of just like. Whereas actors see the actors seem to want the opposite of just being like, no, well, we want to make like smaller real stuff. The other thing I thought about is I was thinking about uh, Bergman Island and the Tim Roth character in Bergman Island. Mm -hmm. And whenever they show his movie, it is very like Irma Vepi, like demon lovery, when Mm -hmm. the like small glimpses that they give to that Uh character and just how interesting Mia Hansen's love Mia Hansen loves t- take on that guy is mm-hmm. <laughs> of just being like it, it, of just being like it's ridiculous that people pump this guy full of yeah full of guy so much which is it, made interesting by I forget who it was I feel like I don't think it was Mia Hansen love but I feel like someone in an interview who had worked on the movie was like uh, Tim Roth was a nightmare to work with, and Mia Hansen Love hated him, uh, which wow. just adds another level to that, of, like, yeah. him just playing into it, kind of. Yeah, but it is interesting where it's like, yeah, all the, the critical reception to, like, all of that Tim Roth character's movie that everybody seems to, like, revere and adore around them are like, oh, look at his interesting, like, violent, sexy, feminist movies, <laughs> and and sort of the the Vicky Creeps character sort of just rolls her eyes and is like, is this what we're really about? Just makes Irma Vep's commentary on sort of the same thing, just all, like, the more fascinating. I am, like, my guess, I I would imagine not, but I am somewhat curious about, like, is there there another long-term partner that the McKine character had after the actress who played Irma Vep, who he has children with? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying the show. I find it, like, very watchable and really, like, it's, like, there's a lot of different stuff going on every episode, I feel like, and it, like, moves yeah. well. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's I mean, really funny. Um, I mean, I'm sort of the. Uh, I mean, I I am also really enjoying it, but I, my sort of being the opposite on most people here makes me be like, well, the farther it goes down, like getting more meta, I'd probably like it less than I'm liking it now. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. What right, right yeah. These people talking we'll about see. stuff. Yeah. Um, I will shout out two of the supervising producers are our playwrights, uh, Jeremy O'Harris right, and yeah. Will Arbery, um, which I think is really sure. interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, Jeremy O'Harris also wrote uh, Zola. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And is like yeah. a producer on um, Euphoria. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it, Sam Levinson's also involved at some point. Right. Um, with yeah. Is and the with, Euphoria? Yeah. Be, there's just like a Euphoria wing of HBO now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that, and it's also A24. Like. Right. right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. HBO. Could, yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably I well. think. And I think. I think because I was. I was looking up Will Arbery because I was like, oh, is he also a playwright? That's a familiar yeah. name. And he is someone who like has a play that's in a season at a theater here. Yeah. He's too. a really exciting but guy. It sounds His, like. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he has a development deal with the right. A24 with HBO. HBO TV movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he's a really exciting. His last play, Heroes of the Fourth Turning, yeah, that was the like one a big. Is going to be here next. Yeah, next season. It, uh, you should really see. It's really interesting. It's about mm-hmm. um, like very like hardcore Catholics at like a college, and they're discussing. Oh, like, interesting. Their like ideas of like what the world looks like. That's uh, and, very. Yeah. When did he write this? Uh, it premiered, I think, just before the pandemic. There was, like, a production before the pandemic. Then they did a... Co- Interesting. It adapted well to Zoom. I saw a Zoom production with oh. the original hmm. cast during the pandemic. Um, yeah, it's it's quite something. It's a, I think it's a great play. No, I, I asked um, that question just because when you say Catholic, I'm like, how much does he know about what's going on there now? Uh, oh, I mean, he grew up in that world, I think. like No, I mean, sorry. like, the, like, oh. Dime Square stuff that no one oh, wants sure. to talk about. Yeah. Anyway, um, he also wrote the play at the end of season two of Euphoria. Really? Um, that's so no. Funny. I don't know. If that's true. Oh, I'm okay. Joking. <laughs> okay. I just know that that's two things that have come up in the past five minutes. Okay. So, I don't think he. Wrote, I don't think he wrote. We can Euphoria. go back to Dime Square if you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm really. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see where the show goes. Mondays on yeah, HBO. I mean, yeah. if we do a follow-up uh-huh. episode, <laughs> I'll watch more of it. I might not otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I'll give I episode think... four a look for sure. Yeah, so I yeah, I I think we will uh, do. I think follow-up is pending whether there is one of us that keeps watching and is interested. I imagine sure. I'll keep going. I don't know. Maybe Andy I'll, can I'll, replace. I'm yeah. I'm in, I'm in the Cullen spot. I'll, I will watch four, and then yeah. If, I am continue like if I am still intrigued by that point, I'm sure I will. But there are there are also good television shows which I begin watching and then stop watching. Yeah, so totally. Like... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I do think like too much TV, folks. Yeah. Have you heard about it? When, I, when are they going to get to that? When is Vincent McKay going to say peak, peak TV? Sure. <laughs> I mean, they talked about I, how I much content like... is deemed necessary. Or right. Yeah. I think someone's going to say it. I don't sure. think it's going to be him. Um. I I, w- I am interested in what it was like to see this at Cannes. Like, did they mm. did they roll all the episodes as they are, like with full like beginning credits and yeah. credits and like a like brief pause in between, or did they like 
edit them all together is like one like two and three My quarter guess hour a lot thing, of people just a lot of people left and who knows if probably <laughs> and like episode three is like an is a good one to end on because it does introduce that yeah like the footage of the original and stuff so it's like it does I think yeah it is uh-huh. it is a nice like spot there so um yeah would have been interesting if, if, to see if this just an hbo show in france how, how is it is this airing in france I, France? That's a good. I'm sure question. it's airing in France. I, I don't think, think HBO so. exists yeah. as a like a proper like channel in France. Yeah, because usually like HBO HBO stuff at least in like England. I know they don't have like HBO. Right. Yeah. There. It's always yeah. like Channel Four. Yeah. I'm just excited. Something. The state controls t- TV more in Europe. Yeah. I'm excited in 20 years when Nasiyas makes his like TikTok about this version of our sure, right, of yeah. Irmavet and just like. We just keep going back to it. Right. Anyway. Yep. Is that all we have to say? I think I it's for now. time for special presentations. Yeah. I can go first. go first. Okay, um, go for it. I, I, so I'm just going to mention, like, I should have done this. I got, well, I guess last week, Jesse and I had a shared one, which is why I didn't do it last week. But uh, I yeah. saw two weeks ago, I saw the tour of the band's visit um uh came to town the the david yazbek uh itamar moses uh, musical based on uh an israeli indie film from i'm not sure what year uh uh-huh. uh which i had seen previously in the original with the original cast um around when it opened although that seat like i was like way up in the balcony and this time i was very close uh so i got to sort of experience it in a very different perspective and also the touring production has Still, the the guy who played the main lead role in the movie is like it touring with it. So, oh, um, wow. yeah. So, uh, who was played by Tony Shalhoub originally in the Sage version? Um, mm. So, I think I think it's like it hit me more, like much more emotionally deeply this time. I like really admired it the first time, and I think David Yazbek is like one of our best composer lyricists working. Uh, his like he has such clear. Uh, beautiful rhymes in his work mm. that I like really like value um, like even like in something like Tootsie which like I don't think works a lot of the time like his like the pres- mm. the precision of his lyrics are like undeniable uh, in my opinion um, but yeah it, it's cu- and like I think it is like seeing something like post quarantine like something about like humans like coming together and connecting in like a small quiet way it's like a very quiet musical Mm. it's not there's not big dance numbers or anything it's about this uh band from egypt who ends up in israel in the wrong uh or no they're i always forget if they're from they're yeah they're from egypt and they end up in this wrong town in israel uh, because they mispronounce the name of the town they're going to, so they end up at like a little dinky town, and they have to stay overnight. And so it's just the story of that night of them like finding a place to stay and like connecting with some of the local residents, and uh, it really moved me and, and resonated with me so much uh, uh, as, as someone you know who who sometimes I don't know who, who connections in the real world I can sometimes be resistant to and we don't need to get into that but I think it's yeah it's a yeah. beautiful show and I think it's well worth seeking out if it is playing near you uh, some great performances in the current touring cast that I can hardly recommend yeah I can only comment on the album which I've heard and it's like musically gorgeous it's like a yeah. lot of the that sort of in, in, those instruments and that sort yeah. of mm-hmm. the melodies in there are very gorgeous to listen to even if you sort of don't get 
anything else from it because you're not watching a play. It is very nice to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of listening to something, I'll do my special presentation. Great transition. Of the album, I believe it's called Cross by Justice, <laughs> uh, which I think is a 15-year-old album at this point. You yep, might recognize the cover uh, of their album. It's just a black album with a black cross on it that's like outlined in gold, I guess. Yep. Um if you want to be technical, the album, it's like one of those albums that doesn't really have a title. People yeah, I believe if you look cross. on Spotify, it's called Justice. Yeah. Um, but it is just like the image of a cross, um, I think like formatted on like Wikipedia or whatever as like just the little mm-hmm. symbol. Um, sure. And uh, what would you, it's like an EDM album. Yeah. Uh, I always, my entire life have seen, or not my entire life. Since it's been around, I've seen, like, the album covers and always just assumed it was, like, heavy, like, black metal. Like, not, not anything I'd be interested in. And then uh, listen to it literally, other than the song that is in the square, um, uh, Genesis, where they, like, go and um, the scene in the square where they, like, are hyping themselves up to, like, put all the flyers in the apartment building or whatever. <coughs> they uh, play this song and... Um, Otherwise, I'd not heard any of the songs, and then you I'm never just like, to dance? "No, I'd not heard it until uh, a week or two ago, <laughs> whenever it was that I was like, I'm gonna listen to this, I guess." Uh, and it's incredible. It's just like great, dancey, EDM-y, like wherever. Like it's it's a little bit. We have Daft Punk at home, but it's also like a good version of that. And I guess they did "We Are Your Friends," which I've seen that movie, and there's uh there's a lot of they play that song a lot um but yeah and it's just like a a great thing to throw on dance around to especially the song uh dance and i also like um um um, new jack a lot of great songs on it emilio why don't you go next uh i'm sort of heading back into my gamer era Mm. I have recently purchased a lot of video games, been playing a lot of them, been enjoying a lot of them, but the one I've played the most that I want to shout out is a game called Sifu, which is a sort of martial arts game where you play as Sifu, who is this guy who's like in a very like prototypical like uh, uh, martial arts type movie setup, like his dad gets killed by his dad who is also a martial arts master gets killed by an old student so he has to go and avenge them and you and every level is like this different setting where at the end you kill one of the people behind the whole thing and it's like very hard it's but it just feels great to play it's like it's the sort of game where whenever you do something cool it feels like you did something cool it feels like you like put effort and had to try to make something cool happen and like when you're like in a flow state and like bouncing around countering enemies hitting people dodging stuff it just feels great and i love playing it i'm only like halfway through i think but i i truly go back and just beat the levels you already beat because you can do it better and like it sets you up for the later game better and it's just fun to do so yeah sifu all right, uh, and it has come to my attention that there are those who do not appreciate the wind, uh, and so I just want to shout that out as, I think, a really pleasant weather phenomenon. 
Uh, you know, I mean, it is, I, I think, clearly one of the worst weather phenomenons is heat, and wind is one of the only counters to heat. Uh, and so, you know... There's I, hot I just, wind, though. I, sure, I think it's pretty rare. I, I've not come across such a thing. It is much more common to me that I'll be out on a hot day, and some wind will pass by, and it will be a nice relief. Breezes uh, are great. I got no beef with breezes, if that's what you're talking about. Breeze yeah, is how, a subset of wind. Yeah. But isn't wind a subset of tornado? Right. What? Tornado <laughs> is also a subset right. of wind, yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, any any weather phenomenon can certainly cause harm. Sure. And Everything in moderation, of course. Wi- yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you know, it usually, you know, the wind itself is rarely causing damage. It's that the wind causes things to cause damage to other things, which, what can you do? I just... I'll say for yeah. the sake of this being the end of the show, I won't push back uh, <laughs> <laughs> on wind damage not really being a thing. <laughs> but, no, uh, that's not what I'm saying. Wind sure, certainly sure. prompts damage to happen. Yeah. I won't sure. argue against that. I just sure. also think it's quite pleasant. Yeah, listen. We all love Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. A um, nice breeze through the trees. How delightful. All right. Sure. But yeah. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, <laughs> I was like, is there something else? No, there isn't. Uh, nope. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Can I Kick It. If you want to follow us on Instagram or Letterbox, where we're always posting great stuff, you can do so at C I K I Pod. So much if great you stuff. Want you can get lost for hours on our Letterbox page. Yeah. <laughs> if you. Uh, <laughs> If you want to send us an email with any of your thoughts or feelings, you can do so. Yeah, if you I... kn- if you know uh, how the episodes of Irma Vep were screened at Cannes, whether sure. they played the credits in between each one, let us know. Um, you can do that at canikickitpod at gmail.com. And then if you would like to financially support us in any way, which is always appreciated and always accepted, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash canI C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Andy, did we get any hits last week of people who wanted the extra intro? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Letterboxd, I'm Clatchley on both C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. I'm Andy T. Germ. Uh, I... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I just was doing alphabetical. <laughs> no, that's fine. I wasn't sure where I was supposed to go. Uh, J-C-P-G-L-I-C-K-W-E-B-B-E-R. I'm Laugh Alone on Twitter. I Laugh Alone on Letterboxd. Emilio.Andres.Torres on Instagram. Wow. Wow, the Instaplug. And then um, our theme song is by Tree Related, who's on SoundCloud and Spotify at Tree Related. With that, Jesse, go ahead. I will release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye.